Welcome to the Woman 31 Podcast. Here, we will relate, renew, and refine who we are to live healthy and fulfilled lives. From personal wellness, parenting, and relationships to affirming growth mindsets, it's my hope that we'll share stories, cultivate new friendships, and learn from one another's experiences. There's no better time to grow as a community of women than right now. So to all my friends, creatives, caregivers, business leaders, wives, and moms, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Lyric K. Wilkinson, wife, mom, author, and encourager. Thanks for joining me for today's episode on the Woman 31 Podcast. Welcome to the Woman 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Lyric K. Wilkinson, and today I have the honor of interviewing an amazing author, Christina Hamlet. You guys are going to love her book, her material, her poetry. It's an awesome, awesome book. I can't wait to share with you the links so that you can go out and purchase. You're going to love it. We're going to talk through what's inspired her, what brought her to this place in her journey. Um, She's going to read some literary pieces for us, and we're going to have a good time. So if you are a poetry reader, kick up your feet. You're going to enjoy this. If you're not a poetry reader, listen anyway. You're going to learn something. I think that you're going to have a great time. So, Christina, welcome. Let's tell everyone a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump right into your amazing book, She Lives Here. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, um, Lyric. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about me. I am a writer, blogger um, out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I also work in human services and I um, also do teach a little bit of classes about uh, creative with creative nonfiction as the focus. So I do that, um, of course, in addition to poetry and prose. Um, And that's pretty much it. Just me and my hubby here in Richmond and tracing my writing dreams. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. So let's talk about your book. What inspired you um, to put all of these amazing pieces into one book? And also what inspired you to um, title it the way that you titled it? Yes, um, I would say 2020 as mm. a, was a big motivator. Um, I had been thinking for a little bit um, for a while before I even had the phone call with my publisher asking me to create a collection. I was actually constructing a collection of uh, works that I had written just for myself, no one else, no one other, I, no other eyes only. And um, I thought about adapting some of my blog posts. Mm-hmm. I said I could, bet I could put this together. And I was actually thinking about trying to pitch it at um, James River Writers Conference here in Richmond um, in the fall of 2020. So that's what kind of got started here. And I, a lot of the stuff I was feeling in 2020 was just anger about racism, social justice issues altogether. Um, and I think that the pandemic, it was gave us a lot of time. Unfortunately, the way it gave us the time was unfortunate to slow down and think about everything. The things that deliriously happy, joyous, angry, <laughs> and the need as a woman, especially as a black woman of a certain age, I just turned 40 in November, um, to feel more free to express myself and to be all I am and who I believe God has created me to be. Uh, And the title She Lives Here comes from the last poem in the book She Lives Here. And it talks about pretty much that joy lives here. Mm -hmm. 
the circumstances. And it could be from the little things I described, like forgetting to take your vitamins to the big things, not being treated with respect as a black woman, as yes. a times two. Um, so I was just like, I can still find joy. I can still find my joy, even in the midst of it all, the big and the small, and even in on the uncertainty, which there's a lot of that because as we all know, nothing in this life is completely guaranteed. So that's where I came from. You're absolutely right. And that poem, I can't wait for you to close us out with that piece because it spoke to me. And I mean, that could be anyone's mantra, but a woman's mantra. I mean, even down, like you said, to the vitamins. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's me. <laughs> that is me all day. I mean, whenever I get real sluggish, my husband's like, have you taken your vitamins this week? And I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah, about those, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's going to be just a phenomenal piece. Like I said, to close us out, I can't wait for you to share that. Um, how many pieces total are in this book, in this collection? Do you know? Uh, I don't know offhand. I know there are over 30. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, I've not counted in some time. Mm -hmm. um, since maybe, yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely over 30, maybe about 33, 34. I awesome, think. awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. And it's an array of different feelings and I could see the different stages in, in your life and the emotions that each, you know, stage may trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a few pieces that you're going to present today, um, and in no, you know, certain order, um, we're going to go over about three or four. Um, but before we do, I want to just ask whatever piece you present first, what, what got you in that mindset? What got you in that place? And then I'd like for you, for you to share with us, and then we'll talk more about it. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so I can go ahead and start. Sure, yeah. absolutely. All right. So the first piece um, I'm going to share, this is, I'm going to share something about this that I haven't with anyone yet during the interview. So first yeah. I share is uh, The Cottage, um, which was inspired by a couple of things. Um, when I was a young girl, I used to journal a lot and I still have one of my notebooks, which is actually uh, pictured here. And uh, <laughs> so I had a, uh, they used a page of one of my notebooks and I was talking about what I aspired to be, the kind of writer I aspired mm. 12 years old. Um, and I took myself very seriously. I thought I was gonna be alone in the woods and just that was gonna be my whole life. And I realized I spent a lot of my time, it's interesting, it's twofold, daydreaming about the kind of life that I wanted. And I was mm -hmm. doing that my whole life. Wow. Um, and I, I came to realize I was talking to my brother and he talked to me about after he came home from the war from Iraq, doing a lot more daydreaming and how it was like a coping, coping mechanism for him. And I was like, well, what was I coping with? What was it? So it just it spurred a conversation between me and my brother. And it kind of was the inspiration for this poem along with just drawing back to those memories of wanting to be taken seriously as a child writer, so. Yes. <laughs> with that, uh, the cottage. And the first part of it is a quotation. Um, anyway, I plan to be a virgin all my life, wrap myself around literature, every aspect or phase of it. Christina Cotis, 11 years old. Long before I knew maladaptive daydreaming, it knew me. I was caught mouthing words to myself well into my 20s. I was always dreaming of another way, 
the other Christina would do it. She would wear this V-neck blouse, these skin tight jeans. Her smile would gleam brighter, her nails impeccable, lips glossy, hair shiny, bouncy full, witty with eyes cutting to the left or right on time, writing a beat perfectly or pressed against someone, a performance. It's more fun in your head, my brain says. I always knew I was this way. Even as an 11 year old on black roller skates with yellow wheels, skidding across the kitchen floor, down the plastic runner in the foyer, always someplace else, drifting off to my future. All grown up, living in a cottage in Vermont, nestled in the forest, sipping cocoa on winter mornings in the springtime, perched near a window, drinking in morning inspiration, eating nothing but a bowl of grapes. Anyone could tell. I was an intense writer, a single virginal woman hunched over her desk, no time for men, only for words, with a furrowed brow scribbling, scribbling furiously into notebooks. Sometimes a quill pen with an inkwell would appear on my desk and a cream wool blanket draped over my shoulders. My book was about a writer named Alina, who was the best novelist at the company, not at the publishing house, and they were terrified to lose her. Alina lunched with friends at the cafe where the talk of the day was love, sex, and politics. They teased my independent woman for being a woman with no man. They just didn't get it. Alina was an independent woman. I was an independent woman. They would see when I arrive at school to make speeches and people would chant my name. They'd understand what it takes to be a serious writer. I forgot all about this little girl until I was 31, sitting at my wedding reception. My brother gave a toast where everyone, including me, roared with laughter at the tale of an 11-year-old Christina who claimed she would never be married or have sex, but wrap herself up in literature and eat grapes in her cottage and is now seated next to her husband. No cottage or Vermont or grapes in sight, but a writer's heart beating beneath the white dress. Ooh, can I snap? <laughs> <laughs> I welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that piece just connects with me as a writer, as an author, as a poet, just a woman who I too took myself seriously <laughs> as a writer. If there were um, story writing competitions at school or even something that dropped off in the mail, I was on it. I didn't look at the age of requirement. I didn't, I'm like, I, I got this and I'm going to win. Like super confident about it too, you know? I hear that. Ah, oh, that piece just, it just really connects with the inner girl, the inner child who's like, I am still that fabulous writer. Yes. Yeah. How did it feel being reminded of that? while sitting next to your husband. Did you start daydreaming? Did you drift off for a moment? You know, I I did for a moment. I was too in the mix. I was enjoying our day, but there I was just, I hadn't thought about that girl. To wow. My brother, he's one of those very jovial, charismatic speakers. So when he was, we were all laughing along and it just hit me. I was like, I was really that girl. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it took me a few years after that to wake up to the fact that I was still that girl. I had just become a woman. Mm. No, it didn't look the way I thought it was going to look when I was 11 and 12 years old, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. The writer's heart's still beating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It sparked, I'm sure, a wave of just creativity 
and you'd probably jumped right back in. Yeah. You know, like I said, it took me a little while to realize what it was that was missing, but literally a year later, I left the job that I was in to start just to work like a part-time job and start looking for more ways to incorporate writing into my life. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I just love that piece so much. Um, Okay. Well, let's, let's listen to another. I'm excited. Uh, The next piece I'm going to read is liberation. Um, The reason why I wrote this, I feel like liberation is more aspirational. Like this is the woman I want to be. Uh, I had written a piece right before and I placed it there on purpose called the rules about all the rules I make for myself um, that no one else has really dictated to me except for maybe society. (laughs) That kind of those rules that seep in about how you must look hide your arms, hide your belly. Um, And I have uh, psoriasis from top of my head to really literally to my feet um, in places. So when that happened to me about six years ago, I started making other rules that felt oppressive for myself. And I thought to myself, I really don't wanna live by these rules anymore. It's, and whether I even conscious of them or not, I wanna get to the point in my life where I wanna feel free. Mm. And in that vein of thought, I wrote liberation. Liberation. I want to be paid the highest compliment. She is free. I would be too. Free to take all my clothes off on my balcony in the dark. Brown full flush kissing night air. Free to fall in and out of love as many times as my big juicy heart pleases. Free to swallow kiwis and mangoes and cherries. Whole remnants dripping down my chin, pulp lingering on lips, free to laugh with eyes closed and mouth wide open, free to get it wrong and let it go. Someone said, black women don't fall down. Someone said, we've got to make the time then to fall down, grow silent, scream until throats ache, cry without hiding tears that splash and slide onto the chest Messy with no smooth edges, nothing gets laid down. I say only then would that freedom be true. Only then would that freedom be real. Only then would that freedom be me. Love it, love it. More snaps, more snaps. When I read that, Christina, in that one line that says um, about the edges, nothing gets laid down. feel me? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. It Mm -hmm. starts very young, us with the rules and Mm -hmm. how it should look and how it should be. And Mm -hmm. even with me, I have two little girls and I'm like constantly brushing their edges down Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. making sure everything's, you know, tucked and tight neatly in its place. And Mm -hmm. I said, what would life be like if we weren't? Mm-hmm. you know so restricted by all of these rules yes all these mm-hmm. rules about everything it's interesting I read this to my husband obviously several times and and I even needed him to understand when I was talking about falling in and out of love you know relationships don't they're not just this smooth perfect <laughs> right. sometimes I'm more in and out of love at de- depending on what we're going through and what year it is I mean I've been married almost nine years so um sometimes I just want to be free to feel how I feel. Mm-hmm. Free to not think everything has to be perfect. 
freedom mm-hmm. a little edgy and a little dangerous if that's what I really want to be sometimes. Um, just not be committed to this version of perfection. And I think a lot of people, people um, feel like they have to aspire to, but I was especially black women, even down to how we lay. That's so true. At our temples. Yeah, that's so, so very true. So mm-hmm. very true. And I agree um, with just falling in and out of love and, and exploring that mm-hmm. and being free to explore that. And it's not that I don't love you, you know, but let me explore the different facets of what love looks like mm-hmm. in this season that I'm in and, mm-hmm. and respecting the season you're in. And, you know, it changes. There's yes. layers to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, agreed. <laughs> oh, that's a great piece. Great, Thank great you. piece. Thank you. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, once you got married and about a year or so after um, you got married, you quit the full-time job and decided to go part-time in order to explore writing. What were some of your, um, I guess, writing ventures or where did you go to? What was your like immediate go-to as a writer when you decided to make this shift? When I decided to make that shift, I was, had already started working on a novel at the time. Mm. So I thought I was gonna just take more time to devote to that. But it took me another three years um, to go to my first writer's conference, um, go to my first writer's conference. And I was actually very social media averse. So I had no social media until 2016. So I would say I was really to myself. I had to realize no one was going to come knocking on the door looking for me or my book or any of my work. So all of this actually started in the last five years, just really saying, world, see me, and please hear me, even more than that, please hear me, yeah. Wow, wow, (laughs) to be social media adverse and then jump in and basically make the waves and the impact that I believe you've made is phenomenal. Um, I know people that work their whole life to be seen and heard haven't quite figured it out yet and we're all on a special journey but to have just really as I say faithful in the last five years and say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this I'm gonna create this social media account I'm gonna get plugged in and I'm gonna connect yes um that's major thank you thank you and it's helpful I'm glad I, I did reach out because it just didn't help to be on my own I didn't I couldn't learn the way I wanted to. Of course, you could always read books, but there's nothing like the power of community, which we both know with being a part of CJ and right. There's nothing like the power of community. And even for me, I never saw myself as a blogger, but I would have seen more of that until I learned to open myself up. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And others inspire us. You know, there's so many takeaways and it could be someone just randomly saying something and it sparks something in us. And we're like, oh, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed. Like that was that missing piece to the puzzle. And then we plug it in and we're like, oh my goodness, may not even know that person, may not ever get to know that person, but that one piece of, you know, words of wisdom or confidence or or even, uh, as I say, I like to say the Jesus slap, right? When someone puts you in your place, you're like, ooh, ooh okay, that hurt, but I needed to hear that. That's right. Um, it makes us, it propels us forward. Yes. And so um, I'm glad you're in this space and I'm so happy to have met you through the CJ and Wright Network and oh, the collective you, um, 
So, okay, let's talk about We Do This. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I read that three times, by yeah. the way. <laughs> that takes you like, because it's something to discover every time you read it. There is another piece of it that's like, yes, yes, yeah. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, <laughs> tell me or tell us about mm-hmm. your inspiration for that piece before we get to hear it. It's interesting. I was actually, when I first uh, wrote this, I was um, a version, I should say, of this. I was sitting in a writing class on a weekday night, Mm. writing about wanting to be vulnerable. There's a creative nonfiction class about a time between me and my husband. And we were about, you'll see in the, as you've already read, the thing that happens in here, us us being silly together. And I was thinking about how much I treasured that And then I thought about all of the things, um, everything that we'd been through, um, especially with me, literally him watching pieces of my skin fall. Like Mm -hmm. there's, and having no reason and seeing the depression that came with it, like just to see his love. And, um, you know, he's very comfortable with this. So I'm gonna share my husband has lupus. So people tend to think of, me taking care of him, even though he's a very fully functional working man and all of that. But we've had our health journeys and trials with that. And I think people think of me taking care of him. And I wanted to highlight that, no, sometimes it's him taking care of me or him showing me how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. that's where the inspiration, yeah, it was kind of twofold being in that class, wanted to share something special and then thinking and just developing that further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. I'm ready. (laughs) We do this. One time we made love to classical music and we laughed after we caught our breath. We asked, who does this? We do, we do this. We found a scene from a movie. I was the coy but sexy temptress waiting at the bar. He was a local boy looking for local trouble and we clumsily became actors. We laughed, who does this? We do, we do this. When my skin fell apart and I often left traces of my pretty brown on the bathroom floor, in the sheets and on the furniture, he undressed me, the plot had salve all over my body, back, arms, neck, breasts, legs, ears, and told me he wishes he could take it all away from me. And I asked, who does this? He does, he does this, he does love. Oh, girl, powerful, powerful, powerful. It just shows the commitment to me and how you both are just devoted to being there for each other. Um, Yeah, beautiful piece. Love that one. Love, love, love. (laughs) And you said you've been married nine years. Yes. Okay. August will make nine. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. August, congratulations. Thank you. What inspires you or who inspires you as an author or um, as a writer? Um, It's hard to think of one person. Um, As I grow in my writing, I'm seeing it's the power of community that's inspiring me more than just authors I've read, even though they inspire me too. Like I recently read The Secret Lives of Church Ladies about Celia mm-hmm. and Milk Blood Heat and Heavy by Kiese Lehman. And I'm thinking everywhere I turn, there's a powerful memoir or a book of short stories that makes me want to push harder. Like I 
I think I, I, I want to get to my level. I don't want to get to their level. I want to get to my level. Mm-hmm. That aspect, but there's also just the power of communities, whether I'm taking like a class with our James River Writers local organization or through Life in 10 Minutes, they have classes and I've taught there as well. But when I'm taking classes with people sitting around a table and we're all just being vulnerable, mm. work to each other in our CJ and write write-ins. And there's just these moments where I'm just like, this is incredibly inspiring. And it lets me know that I'm not alone. So there's that aspect. I'm not alone. That community is intensely powerful. And that there's these writers that I see them at their level and I aspire to get to mine. It's, I have such appreciation for storytellers, for poets. It just, I have such a deep love and appreciation. I'm in awe of them. So it makes me want to push harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that um, I like to share with, you know, the Women 31 community, how invaluable community is and relationship. And no man's an island. We all are in this together. Um, and all those sounds really cliche, right? All of that just sounds like, yeah, put it on a shirt. But <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. And once you really connect to that thing that is your, um, that is like a piece of you, you know, and it starts in childhood, like you connect to something and it's like, okay, I can never let this piece of me go. And you find others who feel that same, I don't know, love or drive or passion for it. It just instantly, I don't care, young, old, black, white, uh, dealing with a disability or not, there's a connection there that is for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I just love that, just being in different writing circuits myself, mm-hmm. how the bond instantly gets thick. And you're like, we don't even really know each other, but yeah. our words connect. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like mentally, we've been friends forever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. That's right. What it feels like. Tell us, Christina, about your book cover. It is phenomenal. It's 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 one of a kind. I love it. And tell Thank us you. about the illustrator. Sure. And how you all met. Right. Uh, Alexandra Antoine is an illustrator. She is a multidisciplinary artist um, based out of uh, Chicago. I met her in 2016 at a motivational conference in Columbus, Ohio. So I'm in Virginia. She's in Chicago. We both happened to run into this community called the School of uh, Greatness. And they had their first, their inaugural conference into that fall of 2016. So I literally joined social media just to be part of this academy. The next, literally weeks after that, I decided to buy a ticket to the conference. And we met on the street the very first day of the conference. And we saw each other a couple times um, after that at the conference because it was annual. And uh, when it was time to select uh, an artist for the cover, she was the first person. I had I, mean, I had already purchased um, a collage from her a few months before that. And I've seen her paintings and, and I would just be in awe. I was like, wow, I don't even know if she does book covers, but <laughs> If she would, I would be honored. She was the first person I asked. Um, Oh, I'm daily grateful that um, she agreed to it. Uh, How she crafted it, which is really great, is we had started off 
with a collage and it's actually the collage that ends up on the back on my back cover and I knew it was beautiful but I didn't think it was my cover hmm. this is great and I love it. and she used a picture of four-year-old me and she had all these things that reminded you of um, like New York and Haiti my parents are from Haiti and I was born in um, New York and Queens and um, these floral notes and I just was like I love this but I don't think this is it can you try a painting she said yes so she was inspired by six or seven pieces I had sent her for her to read hmm. and a few pictures and she picked a picture of it was actually me and my husband and in the picture I would my head was tilted forward and my eyes were kind of closed like kind of almost like they're on the cover but not closed all the way and she said I picked that picture because you look the most content hmm. and if you're talking about joy living here like you just look the most content that expression on your face so she took that she um made sure she had some beautiful vibrant earrings and um in the picture my afro was a little bit more accented and she was like I want to make sure I get the curly notes in your afro and um and she used uh, adinkra symbols which is those um, West African symbols wow specific one she adapted I mean um it's the symbol for vision mm -hmm. yeah that's, so that's pretty much how she came across it like I said daily grateful that this woman <laughs> said yes and she did more with it than I could have imagined just mm -hmm. hey would give you one note can you try a painting and reading my pieces and she just she took off she ran with it yeah yeah she ran with it beautifully and if you could just for the camera show um the cover <laughs> So we have that. Yes, yeah, so that's the cover. Gorgeous. And if you like to say this is the collage. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the colors that she used. I've never been to Haiti, but it reminds me of, you know, that type of vibe. Like a Caribbean vibe? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. And then to the detail, she paid so much attention to the detail it wasn't just you know uh something that she threw together everything was symbolic of something yes. for for you and and you know your growing up and your mm -hmm. your life and so there were I'm sure it was an instant connection when you saw it oh as soon as I saw it I said this is it this is exactly she showed me a pencil drawing at first and I was like hmm she's like there's going to be color wait and then when <laughs> I was just like do everything you you were doing it <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful I mean even down to the fact that she didn't just paint my my face brown there's just notes of the pink and the um like the lighter purple pink in it she just the vision that yeah. she yeah 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 she's an amazing artist um what is for or do you do you know I should have asked you this earlier but do you know like her Instagram handle or um she is at Alexandra Antoine um okay far as I know and I know in the I want to make sure and her site is alexandraantoine.com so if, awesome. you, yes, if you would like to buy from her see what she's up to next yeah. yes shameless plug for her Absolutely. Um, for our listeners y'all yes. have to check out her work you will yes. be blown away by the attention to detail and for me it just feels like she puts her heart into it it's not just a um, let me throw something together. It feels very warm and, and welcoming and inviting. Um, and so, yes. So shout out to her. Shout out to Alexandra. Yes. 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 Yes.
before we wrap up, there are, of course, I need to hear you read She Lives Here, but talk about Almost. Mm. That piece, I had, a, actually, I was reading it in my office and a friend came to my door and was talking to me and I was like, shh, shh, <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a moment because it took me somewhere else, you know, and so I want you to, if you don't mind, read that piece for us. And then I'd like to kind of share, you know, my take on it and what it did for me in the moment where I said, I know we talked about three pieces, but we've got to add a fourth because yeah, this is powerful. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Almost. I almost didn't write this week, but then I thought of Toni Morrison scribbling away on her yellow legal paper all those early mornings. I almost didn't write this week, but then I thought about how the sun burned my right breast through my t-shirt while I sunbathed on the balcony, reading Asada on her birthday. I almost didn't write this week, but then I saw a towering tree in the distance that persistently leans left, bucking tradition of all of the others that surround it. I almost didn't write this week, but then I saw my sister swing her twists while she gracefully spun and inverted on her pole, beckoning and inviting others to love themselves and her art. I almost didn't write this week. Then I thought of my husband's curls, shocks of black and silver falling to the floor after holding it between my fingers, cutting new growth away. I almost didn't write this week. But then I remembered how I sobbed in the shower when I heard a stranger talk about her miscarriages and infertility. I almost didn't write this week. Then I opened a lipstick that made me smile wide when I painted my full lips the color of a deep red wine. <laughs> love it thank you thank you uh, each I don't know paragraph or 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 few sentences tell its own story yes. um and I've been in those places where I almost didn't write but something just boiled up <laughs> out, out of me and I'm like I've got to communicate this right on paper what was that most and all of them are great but what was that powerful moment for you in that particular piece like what was one of those moments that Ooh. you had to find a pen and some paper I will say boy oh whew, that's I a, know it but I will tell you what spurred the piece period okay if I don't feel like it's the most powerful um it was right at the beginning I almost didn't write this week but I thought of Toni Morrison mm away on her yellow legal paper all those early mornings I had the year before when the was it the pieces of me the piece the Toni Morrison documentary um love it and I oh I love love it yeah friend and I went to see it at the movie theater and lyric I swear I was on the edge of my seat as if it was a um like a like a psycho a thriller like a psycho <laughs> yes Psycholo yeah, psychological through. I was almost on the edge of my seat waiting to hear what she was going to say next, what um, Sonia, Sanchez, Sonia Sanchez or uh, Oprah Winfrey was going to say next about Tony. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was just drinking up in her whole story. So that was the year before. And I remembered her sitting at her desk writing on the yellow legal pad. And that day that I wrote this, I um, found the documentary again on Hulu. And I watched several minutes of it and I stopped the documentary. Mm. Right. And I was going to blog that day because I ended up had posted, posted this on my blog. 
and um, which there has been some changes since, but if I hadn't rewatched, I wouldn't have written this. Wow. Those things happened. I remember everything vividly, literally the sun burning my breast. It was just so hot. Reading Asada on her birthday, I said, oh, I'm going to keep reading. It's Asada Shakura's birthday. You know, I'm going to keep reading her, her memoir. Yes. And all those things I remember and having to cut my husband's hair in the pandemic. I don't know what I was doing, but I was with those clippers and holding pieces of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and even the more, like the more heartfelt moments with sobbing, hearing this woman's story. Cause I, I'll listen to music or podcast while I'm in the shower and just feeling intensely this woman's pain in her grief. Um, and I had to get it out, even down to the smallest detail. Yeah. 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 That's how it is though. That's how it is. That, that, that is, that is the epiphany of and antithesis of how writers connect with mm -hmm. other people. And that documentary was so powerful. I feel like I watched it until my eyes were burning because I was tired, but I couldn't, <laughs> I could not stop. And then I still, once I was done, took a moment to write. Right. And she's just one of those powerful uh, authors, writers, you know, communicators really yes. that makes you want to move, that makes you want to do. Yes. And so you starting it with that, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you connected to it yes <laughs> instantly just drew me in so I'm like she just mentioned Tori Toni Morrison <laughs> where else is this going <laughs> I love your style as an author do you feel like that has just developed over the years or have you always had your type of writing style I think probably Yes, like at the core. Um, I don't know how much I change at the core of the type of writing I do, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the way I want to describe things. And I think I've gotten hopefully better <laughs> at it. And there's still a lot of things I want to work on, but yes, at the core. And I think I know taking writer, writing workshops, taking classes, reading, just reading even more has made me better. Mm -hmm. Just made me better. Um, but yes, I think I've always been that person. I'm, and I look back at that, uh, excerpt from my journal. I was very, <laughs> the way I wrote about wanting to be, um, uh, I wrote something about, um, if you don't mind, if I share this for, oh, sure. Uh, let's see. Yes. So I'll just read a, I have, I wrote, I have notebooks and notebooks of pages containing my thoughts and feelings. Right now I look back at the phrases I used and hope I will capture those graceful thoughts again. My, my eyes cap, catch my words in a captivating hypnotic gaze in a way that's indescribable. I intend to abduct it from the past and take it on a journey to the future. Um, and so that's just a little piece of what I wrote. I was a, like, I was 12, so I was very dramatic. <laughs> all of the words but I think I've always been like that I I wanted to describe how I was feeling how intense I would feel even at 12 looking back at something I wrote when I was 11 like I want I want to take that and bring this here I've always been that way but obviously with education and time and reading you know I think all of us can get better 
you know, ourselves a little bit better. Yes, yes, yes. And that core piece of us doesn't quite shift. It just, we build on it, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, right. What would you tell an aspire? And I, Javasia said, don't call yourself an aspiring writer. Right. Yeah. So for those of you who are writers, do not say aspiring. You are a writer. What would you tell the writers that have yet to fully realize what it is that they want to do, whether it's a screenplay or a novel or, you know, even speaking at a poetry reading, because some writers are amazing writers, but they're like, I really want to speak on a stage, but I'm afraid to. What would you do or what would you share with them to encourage them to go? I would, first of all, I, I want to share about what I wouldn't do was I wouldn't tell them it not to feel afraid. I, the fear is there, it'll be there. Um, harness it, use it if you can. Um, push through if you can, but don't deny yourself that honest feeling of feeling afraid of the unknown. Um, something that I've said, and I will repeat over and over again, to please try because you don't know who you're going to be on the other side of it. You don't know what's going to come on the other side of it, mm-hmm. but who you will become on the other side of those written words on the page. You, it's something I feel like I even owe myself. I owe myself my future. No, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like, but, and that's okay. <laughs> but I, I desperately want to see who I will become the more I start to try new things. And that's with everything even outside of writing, strong competing, all that stuff I've been trying. I want to see who I am on the other side of that. Even if I am afraid, even if I'm a five-year-old girl in a fetal position (laughs) underneath covers on the inside, I still want to see who I will become. So that's what I would tell any other writers to keep trying, keep reading, um, keep hoping. Um, And it's, perfectly normal to feel afraid and don't deny those feelings or to feel shame because of your fear. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, and then to the moment you stop feeling those feelings, check, check your, your, your humbleness, <laughs> right? Yes. No, we all literally need a little humility, right? Yes. yes. You should be afraid just a little, but that's, that's true. right. That's, that's true. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to, not ignore that emotion. And I'm right. so happy you said that. And, and I, I don't know where I read this, but someone said, do it afraid. That's and right. I think that that is powerful because even doing this interview with you, there's always going to be butterflies, Yes, you know, regardless of what it is, because it's allowing you, you're in a moment of vulnerability of openness mm-hmm. and you're using your voice, which is your most powerful. Um, I don't want to say weapon, but it it's a tool. Is, it's That's a tool. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And so you're going to get nervous, um, fellow writers. Anytime you put yourself out there, it's written form and speaking form. Um, if you write something and actors are acting it out, you're still going to feel those feelings. Right. So do it afraid. I love that. Thank you, Christina. Oh, no, thank you. That is awesome. <laughs> well, before she closes us out with She Lives Here which again is one of my favorite pieces. Um, I just wanna, again, thank Christina for this time today. And then also 
Um, what are some of the ways that our listeners can connect with you? Of course, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, if you want to just do that shameless plug and add that, yeah, I'd love it. Uh, yes. Well, I want to say thank you again, Lyric, for having me. This has been such a, it's a warm conversation that I feel like we're having. I feel warmth um, from you and I feel you genuine, genuinely um, connected with my work, which feels even better. Um, uh, how readers uh, can find me uh, on my blog at, and just site at christinahamlet.com. That's Christina with a K. And you can purchase She Lives Here uh, on Life in 10 Minutes and that's 10 the number. Um, dot com under their menu item um, unzipped which is the literary journal that my book is issued to of unzipped she lives here and you can find me on twitter at stina hamlet on facebook at christina hamlet and i have a writer's facebook page christina codis hamlet codis is my middle and maiden name and on instagram at christina hamlet there you go there you go thank you and i'm glad that um we were able to do this today um, so powerful. She lives here. Please pick up a copy. Um, if you're like a Kindle reader, you can get something on Nook. Mm-hmm. I believe it is. Um, yes. Okay. Nook, Apple, Apple, Apple or Kobo or yeah, they, if they'd like to read online. Perfect. So please pick up a copy. We're going to add, um, the website and everything that she just mentioned to so the show notes. So that will be available for you. Christina, could you close us out with She Lives Here? Of course. <laughs> She lives here. Joy lives here, even when I suspect she has lost her way, broken the GPS, slipped her bra out from her sleeves, and took a long nap at a rest stop. Joy lives here, even when I am calling repairmen, performing feats of verbal gymnastics, trying to fix this house so I can finally say goodbye to it. Joy lives here, even when I am dead tired and on my upteenth week of forgetting to take all my vitamins. Joy lives here even when I am terrified my words will never be embraced or I will never be understood. Joy lives here even though the fullness of my black womanhood is in question, my competency, the bounds of my love, intellect, and the sanctity of my vulnerability. Joy lives here because I ask her to move in every day, move into the creases and the folds and the skin and the breath. Joy I ask you to come home. Joy, I ask you to stay. Christina Hamlet, everyone. Thank you again for listening to the Woman 31 podcast. We are so happy that you were here and joined us. Stay tuned for other great episodes and we'll speak with you again soon.